Welcome to the Move to Value podcast, powered by Chess Health Solutions. The Move to Value podcast is dedicated to helping healthcare providers understand and make the transition into value-based care. We do this through conversations and the sharing of innovative ideas with experts and leaders throughout the healthcare industry. Our mission is to sustainably transform the healthcare experience for the patient, provider, and care team by cultivating a value-oriented, compassionate, and health-aligned community. In this episode, we have a conversation with Kelly Garrison, President and CEO of Emtiro Health, about the leap into managed Medicaid care in North Carolina and how to support providers that participate in value-based payment arrangements for Medicaid populations. Kelly? Welcome to the Move to Value podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So let's talk a little bit about Intero Health. Tell us about what you've been doing and how it's been going lately. Great. So Intero Health is a population health management company based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with a specific focus in working with the Medicaid population. Um, there's a lot of companies and groups out there that focus on Medicare, Medicare Advantage, other commercial insurers, and where we have really found our niche is supporting providers and patients in their move towards value in the Medicaid space, which is something that's a little bit new and a little bit different. Um, Imtira was formed by two not-for-profit companies with a 20-year experience in working with the Medicaid population. Um, North Carolina specifically has, for 25 or more years, had an enhanced primary care case management program that was really overseen by the Department of Health and Human Services. And a number of years ago, now about nine years ago, there was an emphasis on moving the state's Medicaid program towards managed care. And um, after many pauses and delays and, and even a suspension along the, along the way, uh, we finally have gone live with the Medicaid Managed Care Program last July. And we are still in the fairly early phases. I think everybody across the state has learned a tremendous amount, including MTRO. Um, and we are still rolling out new components of the Medicaid Managed Care Program in North Carolina. But with the, the change that we saw coming uh, with what Medicaid Managed Care was going to bring to providers, the impact it could have on our local communities and the patients that we had served for a really long time, there was really a group that came together that said there's a different vision that needs to be had. This is an opportunity for us to partner with and and just do healthcare differently for this population specifically. And so that's why we decided to form MTRO Health um, and really make the, the bridge across the bridge from the old Medicaid program to now the Medicaid Managed Care Program. The Managed Medicaid Program in North Carolina went live in July 2021. How has this startup been and how are things proceeding? So I have to say that overall, I think the program implementation has gone over incredibly well. I think one, our Department of Health and Human Services did a tremendous amount of work in looking around at other states to see kind of lessons learned. Um, North Carolina was really the last big state to transition to Medicaid managed care. So there were a lot of learnings that could have happened over the last 20 to 25 years that other states have gone through this type of transition. 
I think um, we've learned a, a tremendous amount. I think um, we learned the importance of data flow um, and that being accurate from the get-go. I think we learned some hard lessons, particularly uh, particularly around patient attribution, which was is always going to be important in any value space, regardless of the payer, because that's how we collect quality data and have to report out on it, and ultimately payments get tied to those types of things. And so um, overall, I think generally it went smooth. Of course, we didn't have as many patients self-enroll as maybe we would have initially liked, um, but we're still, again, kind of in the early phases. So we've rolled out the, the first phase, which is the standard plans. We are still looking ahead now towards December 1st of 2022, when we're going to be rolling out tailored plans, which is a specific uh, program that is designed for the more severe behavioral health, mentally ill patient population um, that is going to be served by Medicaid going forward. So it sounds like Imtero Health is moving into the behavioral health space. We are. So I think one of the big emphasis that the Department of Health and Human Services had was really whole person care. Um, the kind of adage that probably many have heard is that you can't separate the head from the body. And we know that any patient that has any type of behavioral health issue, even though it might be a mild to moderate depression or anxiety, that can still have a, a really long lasting impact on their physical health and vice versa. And so um, in the Medicaid managed care program, the mild to moderate patients are largely incorporated into the standard plan. So we're we're actually holistically treating patients in the standard plans now. And then after December, we're going to have tailored plans, which are going to be separate, essentially health plans that are going to be um, responsible for the management of about 160,000 patients across the state that are the more severe. So it is the IDD population. It's uh, the traumatic brain injury, uh, what most would just kind of lump into a broad category of SPMI or severe and persistently mentally ill. And so, and then those providers and those plans are responsible for not just the behavioral health component, but also the physical health component for those patients. And each of those arrangements, both standard plans and tailored plans, are under capitated payment arrangements for delivering whole patient care. I'd like to know more about how Imtero Health interacts with patients. Can you tell us more about that engagement? Absolutely. So we have kind of an interesting business model. So the the state actually put out this um, clinically integrated network or other support provider, and we really fall into that other support provider space. And so we work directly with providers to help them in their negotiations with the prepaid health plans. We don't actually negotiate the contract on their behalf. And then we support the operationalizing of that contract in a number of different ways. So we have one model where we work directly with patients, we provide care management services from the prevention and wellness component all the way up through transitions of care to the most complex care management that can be provided that's, you know, NCQA recognized um, and that kind of thing. And then um, we work with providers who um, a lot of, I think what we can see is that a lot of providers have had some experience um, delivering chronic care management or transitional care management, especially for their Medicare population, because those codes have been out there for a while. So they've had a little bit of practice. And so we say, you know, care management that is delivered locally at the provider level is where care management is most effective. And so we support other providers in that realm where they're delivering that prevention and wellness, care gap 
closure, some care coordination functions, but they're not quite ready for the true complex care management where we're talking about spending, you know, 45 minutes on a comprehensive health assessment and developing a patient-centered care plan. And so we have a hybrid model where we support them with those more complex and transitional care patients. And then the final kind of model that we, um, and how we work with providers and patients is really supporting them through all of the data and technology requirements. So for the first time, really in North Carolina Medicaid, uh, providers are responsible for data, and that's a very different space than they've been in. So um, if a provider were wanting to be an advanced medical home tier three practice um, under this Medicaid managed care arrangement, they're responsible for data aggregation and claims processing um, or accepting claims files and beneficiary attribution files, pharmacy lock-in files, and others from now five potentially five different health plans. Um, they're responsible for risk stratifying their patient population, and they're responsible for all of the quality reporting, both in terms of HEDIS measures, but also care management productivity. Um, and they have to report that back to the plans. And so since that is such a new space and it's just incredibly complex, Intero works with providers to provide that technology solution. So if they are ready and equipped to deliver all aspects of care management on their own, we can come alongside them to support them with the data and technology platform that they need in order to uh, be able to ultimately manage their patient population and um, document all of the care management and care coordination activities and be able to report those back to the plans. So how does the data flow? How would one visualize the movement of that patient data? Absolutely. So this is where, um, you know, we probably should have a, a whiteboard and lots of different colors of markers. But um, so ultimately, the plans house the data. Um, providers are billing uh, the plans. The um, they have a partnership with the state um, in which they get the beneficiary attribution files. And so um, patients self-select into a prepaid health plan or they are auto-assigned to one of the prepaid health plans here in North Carolina. Those files come to MTRO, um, and in some cases, they are also mapped over to our provider partners. Um, ultimately, we believe that the providers own the data. We are the housekeeper of the data and the ones that can help them make sense of it. Um, and so ultimately, our goal is to accept all of this data, standardize it, normalize it into a digestible format, which is populated in our information system, ultimately, where we're doing all of our uh, quality reporting and care management documentation, and then give that back to the payers in the format that they needed. Um, but the probably the most complex part of it is being able to, one, pull all of that data in, standardize it, normalize it, marry it up with the real-time clinical information that we pull out of the provider's EHR so that care management can be done most effectively. Um, I think a lot of times what we have seen is that we get claims files, which is great because it gives us a little bit of a map of where the patient has gone. But if a patient was seen, for example, in the emergency room and they had high blood pressure and we know that they followed up with their PCP, it'd be nice to know what that high blood pressure is. But because we are pulling that real-time clinical information directly from the provider's EHR, we're able to have all of that information in one spot for the care manager, for the provider, for anybody who is on that care team to see and ultimately be able to manage the patient. So to provide some background, can you explain to us how a prepaid health plan works? 
Um, absolutely. So it's funny. Um, the best thing that I know to do is, is to really talk about what were the goals. So obviously, um, the Medicaid program is um, kind of a dually funded program. Um, there's part of the funding for Medicaid comes from the federal government and part of it comes from the state. But the state puts in about two thirds of the total funding. So the states actually have a, a pretty good amount of discretion as to how the Medicaid program is um, operated it in their state. And so um, I like to say there, there used to be an old commercial um, here in the triad, and they would say, you know, I'm the father of the bride, I write checks. And ultimately, that is what our General Assembly wanted. They wanted budget predictability around the Medicaid program. And the way to do that was to ultimately um, roll it over to prepaid health plans. So prepaid health plan is just kind of a North Carolina term for a managed care company or an insurance provider. Um, so we've seen organizations like Blue Cross Blue Shield and United and others that are very familiar to anybody um, in North Carolina that have rolled out now a Medicaid plan. And so the state provides funding to each one of those plans based on what their population is. Um, and then they are responsible for paying providers both for claims, but then also a couple of additional payments that providers are eligible for. So one, just by seeing Medicaid patients, they have an enhanced per member per month um, for having attributed Medicaid patients on their panel. The second bucket of payment um, on top of their fee-for-service that providers are eligible for is that they can um, attest to and act as an advanced medical home tier three practice, which basically says we have the capability or can partner with somebody to bring the capabilities to the table, um, like MTRO, to provide the care management at the practice level, do all of the quality reporting and meet quality measures, and they negotiate an additional per member per month payment for those uh, for their patient population. And the final that we're, we're moving into now, um, that we're six months in, is based on quality. So we're seeing performance in, uh, incentives based on, you know, kind of core standard heat is quality measures, trying to move the needle along. So North Carolina has um, four statewide prepaid health plans, um, United Healthcare, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Healthy Blue, AmeriHealth Caritas, and WellCare. And then we have a local, um, what they call a provider-led entity or P. PLE, you often will hear it called, and that is um, based on a couple of different regions. So in North Carolina, that is Carolina Complete Health. And Carolina Complete Health is a provider-led entity with the backing of Centene, which is a nationally known Medicaid plan, but it was actually a joint venture that was formed by providers and is led by providers here in North Carolina, and they're operating in three of the six North Carolina Medicaid regions. So given your relationship with providers... How have you gone about fostering good working relationships with payers? So I think early on, we realized just how important um, having good close relationships with the payers is for a number of different reasons. So the first reason being that uh, the plans for practices that are not attesting to Tier 3 um, that MTIRA is supporting, the plans are actually taking on the responsibility of managing the Medicaid population. But the Medicaid population in particular is fairly transient. So they move and they may move providers. And so all of a sudden we're having to transition patients from their care management being provided by the health plan to now the care management needing to be provided by MTRO. And so facilitating warm handoffs at the patient level was going to be of utmost importance. The second way is really an understanding how MTRO works with providers, because I think at the end of the day, we're all trying to drive quality and value forward. Both the plan, the provider, MTRO, 
and ultimately so that we're getting the best outcomes for patients and doing it in a way that is as easy and as seamless as possible for providers. And so, um, one, I think we have worked really hard and diligently to foster relationships with the plans, one, so that we can align on quality. Um, what we didn't want to do, especially is um, to really chop up the population anymore. So just because now we've gone from a single Medicaid payer to five Medicaid payers, we wanted some standardization of quality across those. Um, we've had to develop incredibly strong relationships with the plans as it relates to data flow um, because they do own and house the data a lot of times and we needed to have good understanding of how the data was flowing at the frequency at which it was going to be coming to us, any data quality management issues that we've had. We've had to have really good close working relationships with them. and. Finally, is understanding MTRO's role in this population health and Medicaid managed care space and really, quite frankly, what our business model is because there are providers um, across the state and, and, and even broader than just North Carolina alone now that are trying to find how they move on the value continuum. Um, and I think we, we often have seen providers asking themselves the question of you know, what, what does it take in order to move this value continuum what does it take specifically in the Medicaid space and how do I do that? And, you know, really saying, yes, we can provide care management and then move along the continuum to where you're doing some of this work and then ultimately driving care management delivery that is local and facilitating that and really teaching providers how to provide local, you know, community-based care management for the Medicaid population in particular, where we're dealing with a lot of social determinant of health issues um, and other disparities that are just so local that it can be hard to provide it um, in another way. And so we've been able to work successfully with providers and understand that model. So as providers are willing to take on more risk for their Medicaid population, they now have, you know, resources that they can refer to to facilitate that um, because the state is trying to drive providers and plans are um, towards risk. And so they're kind of pushing the plans to push it down to providers, but the plans can't do that unless they're comfortable with the providers that are, that are providing that support to these patients. And so um, a couple of key areas there where we've worked really closely in developing those relationships with the plans um, as a referral mechanism for providers that are seeking solutions. Where does a provider begin the journey to be an effective giver of care? who is not only going to have the best possible outcomes for the patient, but also most effective in the system and for themselves so we can optimize health care in the U.S. What can a provider start doing right now? That's a great question. Um, and there's a couple of things that really jump out at me if, if, um, when, you, when you ask that. I would say the first thing is commit to the move to value. Um, this is not really a space where you can sit on the fence but for so long because the move towards value, even in the Medicaid space, is happening very quickly. Um, you know, most states, if, if we look at Medicaid in particular, have had 20 to 25 years of managed care experience before we're just starting to see states like Washington State and others move towards 
having providers owning some risk in the Medicaid space. In North Carolina, we're not going to get a 20 to 25 year runway. Um, we really are looking at just a couple of years before that expectation is going to come. Um, even so much, North Carolina is one of four states that is participating in a state transformation collaborative um, that's kind of under the umbrella of the HCP LAN or Healthcare Payment Learning and Action Network. So I think we can expect that that move towards risk is going to come really quickly. Um, and it takes a commitment of, on behalf of the providers and really anybody that is in their practice. Um, because I think what we believe is that value is driven and, and you can begin to move towards accepting risk when everybody is involved in the process and has a clear vision of what the outcome should be. So having everybody from the front desk person on board to the, the nurse that's responsible for rooming the patient all the way through the referral coordinator that might be the last person seeing the patient at the end of the door or out the door. Um, I think the second thing is understanding the healthcare ecosystem that surrounds them. So all of the people that are touching their patients. Um, so whether that is providers in the inpatient and outpatient setting, understanding the you know, um, hospital-based transitions that take place and, and what's happening there, building out community-based relationships, uh, uh, specifically in the Medicaid space. And I know we there's a lot of conversation happening just globally around the, addressing social determinants of health. Um, but specifically in Medicaid, there are different resources a lot of times that are available to patients um, that are on Medicaid or even uninsured. And so understanding that ecosystem and who is interfacing with your patients. Um, because again, goal alignment is to the extent possible, I think is going to be critical. And ultimately, the fi final thing is, is probably those relationships with the plans. Um, ultimately, having good collaborative relationships with the payers, with the plans, um, to drive things forward in a manner that is both sensible and reasonable, but yet helps meet the objectives of all the parties involved, I think is going to be critical. So um, understanding what is the plan's long-term vision, what does their runway look like, um, how does that compare to that of the provider, um, and then building out the infrastructure that's needed in order to do that efficiently and effectively um, as we move forward. Kelly Garrison, President and CEO of Imtiro Health, thank you for joining us today on the Move to Value podcast. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Move to Value podcast, powered by Chess Health Solutions, where our mission is to sustainably transform the healthcare experience for the patient, provider, and care team. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. As always, you can head over to movetovaluepodcast.com to sign up for the email list, as well as check out all the resources in the show notes. If you are interested in continuing to hear about value-based care and how it impacts you, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, we would love it if you would share the Move to Value podcast across social media and leave a rating and review. See you next time.